Good day, nerds. This is Megan coming at you with another Cantina conversation. Today's interview is with Sophie Kim. We're talking about her debut novel, Last of the Talents. It's actually the start of a new trilogy. Um, And this is a really nice conversation with Sophie about um, kind of really just really the cool research that went into developing her story and how much it means to her for um, Korean representation and literature and also just we kind of just dive deeper into how she developed um, Shin Lena as a character very cool stuff to talk about so without further ado here is Sophie Kim so today we're here with Sophie Kim talking about Last of the Talents out September 27th um sophie thank you so much for meeting with us today i really liked getting to know lena she's like a badass with an unfortunate (laughs) backstory and um very engaging world building was great and i'm excited to kind of just dive a little bit deeper in into this story with you thank you so much i'm really happy to be here yeah, it's awesome. So to kind of uh, kick us off here, why don't you get, give like a little summary of the book so that like listeners can um, kind of follow along with the conversation? Yeah, I'd love to. So um, my debut, Last of the Talons, follows an assassin named Shin Lina after the destruction of her entire gang. And Lina, the Reaper of Senpo, is forced to become a weapon for the kingdom's most feared crime lord. And all that really keeps her from turning on Uh, Her ruthless master is the life of her little sister, which is just like constantly hanging in the balance, Um, but orders to steal a priceless treasure from a Dokebi temple incites not only the wrath of a legendary immortal, but the beginning of an unwinnable game. And she soon finds herself in the realm of the Dokebi, and her fate is in the hands of its cruel and captivating emperor, but she can win her life if she kills him first. Mm Mm-hmm. Very, very <laughs> tricky. And I love all the layers and I love all, like, there's a couple twists in there because you're not mm-hmm. sure, like, you lead the readers on and then you're like, no, wait a second. And it was very, <laughs> it was very fun. Yeah, it was very fun. And I really, um, I really enjoyed, like, learning or getting I don't want to say learning because it's based off of Korean mythology, but I really liked, it was really different for me and I really, really enjoyed what you did with it. And so I'm interested to kind of like unpack all that. So, yeah. Um, So why don't we kind of like go into your background and this is your like mm-hmm. debut novel, kind of like, you know, going into maybe your experiences that led you to putting your story out into the world. Yeah. Well, I've always loved reading and writing Um, I think what really motivated me was the desire to see more Korean representation in literature, especially in like the YA fantasy genre, Um, because there just wasn't a lot of that at one point. And it's changing now, which is just like fantastic. Uh Um, But back then, there there, there just wasn't a lot of that. Um, So when I started to write this book, that was kind of like at the forefront of my mind and my parents have always been really supportive of my writing which oh, played a awesome. huge part in yeah. yeah and getting me to where I am today so yeah my parents have just been really supportive um ever since I kind of declared I wanted to be a writer and I remember I attended this creative writing camp I was probably in fourth grade and that's where I was sort of introduced to like the idea of a fairy tale retelling I was like oh my gosh like this is it <laughs> um, do you remember which one it was I think they kind of gave us like free reign to pick whatever oh, okay. we wanted to do. I think I did Aladdin. I want. Okay. I'm not sure. It was so long ago. <laughs> but, 
Uh, Last of the Talons is also a Pied Piper retelling. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really cool to look back and kind of see how far like that specific camp got me. And then for the book specifically, I started writing this when I was a junior in high school um, during summer break, but then it was time to go start senior year. So I kind of had to put it on the back burner. Mm -hmm. And then um, obviously in March, the pandemic kind of happened and I was at home all the time and I was like, okay, let me like you know, take it back out and start editing it and just yeah. really start like polishing it to like how I want it to be when I submit it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that. And then in fall 2020, I started submitting to agents, but it like was not going well Aww. at all. And I was on the verge of just like giving up and submitting a different story. But my dad was like, you should, you know, you should try to find publishers who take unagented submissions and Mm. so that's how I found Entangled and I'm really glad that I submitted to them because I came out with an offer for my trilogy which was just incredible and then after that I found my amazing literary agent and the rest is just sort of history yeah that's awesome so wait does your how does your dad have like familiarity with with the goings-on of the publishing world I was like oh just how about you (laughs) submit it to a place that you don't need an agent like how does he know about that (laughs) Well, <laughs> he so he used to write a lot of screenplays. Oh, okay. okay. Um, which isn't I mean it's not really, you know, publishing in the literary sense, sure. but he's submitting to a lot of agents and and you know, I think production places. And he's also dabbled like a little bit in writing. I think I was, you know, also like on the verge of just giving up, but he was like, No, no, let's find a way and it really paid off. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So did he, um, does your parents read your story at all? And and maybe oh that's what, like, did he believe in it? Or or were you yeah. like, no, don't, don't read it. Or at least don't tell me if you read it. Like, <laughs> yeah, they were my first readers. Okay. After I finished, but it was like the very, very first draft. So the book that's out now, they haven't read this version. And okay. I'm like, guys, please skip chapter 31. <laughs> don't look at it. Like pretend it does not exist. Um, but they loved the the original draft. And I think that's also why he was like a fan. He was, you know, um, both my mom and him were just very, they wanted to see it, you know, become something. That's awesome. I love that. I love that they pushed you because who knows if they were yeah. just like, it's, it's okay. You tried. Mm-hmm. Like, I shudder to think of it. I'm like, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Who knows? No, it was so worth it. And I, and you know, that's kind of, that can go on in like almost any industry or any goal. It's like, you just, you, yeah, you come at that crossroads where you're like, okay, do I, do I keep trying or do I just kind of throw in the towel? Is this just not for me? And I, I'm, yeah. And I'm glad that they did honestly, because I really, your book obviously had potential because it got published, it got picked up and um, there, you know, there's a lot there's a lot to unpack too. Cause I'm like looking, I'm like, as the reader gets to know Shin Lena, you're like, you get, you know, you feed them a little bit about like her background and then it yeah. gets revealed like what happened. Like how yeah. did she lose her gang? Why is her sister, why does she, is she forced, you know, to protect the safety of her sister? Like why, what love, why did they have this leverage over her? Mm-hmm. You know, cause she obviously hates her position she hates that she has to like work for these people this person they suck and (laughs) (laughs) in a nutshell yes they absolutely suck and she is and and you know she's 
I, I don't want to use the word feisty, but she's just like, you know, she, she, yeah. she's a smart ass. She's a badass. Yeah. She is like, she's got a mouth on her, even though she knows it'll <laughs> get her like in trouble. She still is like, no, F you, screw you, yeah. like whatever. And with, with very good reason. Um, but I can't, yeah, I can't imagine like not only she's forced to work for the people who caused her situation like and who took away everything that she like cares about and who's threatening everything else that she cares about but then and once we get to the other part of her adventure she is tasked with like yeah an unwinnable game and then she she starts to feel complicated things and it's like yeah <laughs> <laughs> i am i was like you know because sometimes when i read i'm like putting myself in the character a little bit i can yeah. it's you made it very easy to connect with her um i yeah. think first person obviously does that but mm-hmm. you know just kind of getting into her brain and she's like you know kind of battling an inner conflict because she's like no i can't mm-hmm. i can't afford to not follow through with this mm-hmm. and the emperor he's like kind of he's just so hot (laughs) (laughs) he's captivating and he's charming and he's like smug because he's like Mm -hmm. oh good try like (laughs) he's like a cat playing with a mouse he's like oh yeah almost almost oh no (laughs) seriously oh because you suck so bad we're gonna make you do kitchen duty like (laughs) (laughs) that's his idea of like the ultimate punishment that's so funny you have to go chop onions yeah (laughs) he's like i thought you were gonna you know kill me he's like no you're gonna you're gonna go make bread (laughs) right right he's like and then one i think it's like one day and she's like oh god okay i understand why this is a punishment (laughs) (laughs) yeah she's like hmm this doesn't sound too bad and then of course she meets the uh, head of the kitchen asha or like yeah 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 <laughs> that's so funny i yeah no there was a lot of like secondary characters that would, it was just it was just really cool and funny to see her interact with everybody involved um and also just try to like get down to the bottom of of the mysterious everything because it's not like she's yeah. in this different kingdom and then she's like the dokebi or dokebi are not they're not human right like they're immortals mm-hmm. and the, but there are humans in that world and so mm-hmm. she's like wait a second like why are they here and it's uns- it's yeah. it's unsettling to her and it's all these like little details that are kind of like she's like rem- almost reminded like this isn't like some luxury mm-hmm. trip this is like a- she's getting the insight into like how to the rumors i guess or how she understands mm-hmm. it and it's you know and in mm-hmm. the end of the day it doesn't really seem that bad so which i think makes her even more confused because she's <laughs> like she's like wait like what <laughs> yeah. um so going off of like what we mentioned before with like the korean mythology and mm-hmm. what kind of research like with that and plus with like any other research um that was involved while the developing this story because uh in like the forward or whatever like the intro you kind of you you touch on that a bit and which i thought was yeah. very cool um to kind of like preface this story with like hey this is what it's based on blah 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 mm-hmm. um and kind of like what were like what was that research experience like and then what maybe it was like <laughs> kind of <laughs> This is a funny question. What was the, like, maybe the weirdest thing you had to Google? And, like, <laughs> even if you don't want to share it, that's okay. And just, you know, like, maybe, like, the most, like, fascinating thing you learned. Um. Well, before I forget, the weirdest thing I had to Google, I don't know, it doesn't technically count as a Google, because I asked my father, who's a physician, but I was like, 
Dad, how long would it take for someone to bleed out if they were like stabbed <laughs> in the abdomen region? He was like, mm, baby yeah, right. um, <laughs> And then in terms of research, I think, you know, even though like this is obviously like a retelling and the Dokebi and this are like so different from the ones in the myth, I think it's important to kind of like understand the original context um, before like kind of diving into like a retelling. So a lot of the research I did was just reading like a ton of um, the traditional tales. So like really brushing up on my knowledge of Korean mythology. But I also looked a lot at um, like ancient Korean architecture or like the intricacies of dress. Um, mm. And then when I was choosing a weapon for Lena, I decided on the jikdo, but it took a while to get there. I was looking at a lot of other options. So I was also re- researching, you know, the um, kind of like the weaponry of ancient Korea as well, which was really interesting. Mm. Yeah, mm. that's cool that amount of options for the weapons was what like oh, yeah. took you a little bit longer. Like, ooh, what can I like I can pick? What do I pick yeah. here? <laughs> there was a there was a weapon I found. I think I could be wrong because there were so many, but I think it was called the Dungpa. It was like a giant trident. I was like, oh, oh okay. So cool, but it's not <laughs> unfortunately like it's kind of hard to tote around. Yeah, especially like, since Lena is like, like kind of a smaller you. person, right? <laughs> Yeah, she's on the smaller side. So yeah, like, and she's a little bit work. starved or malnourished for a little bit. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> but it will be making an appearance in the. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Looking forward to that. Um. So yeah, like we, like you said before, this is your debut novel. So mm-hmm. what was and you kind of touched upon that experience. So can we explore that a little bit and like mm-hmm. maybe biggest surprises biggest lessons learned things like that i think in terms of biggest surprises i think just the way the entire industry worked like i had no idea i wasn't on um like book twitter or anything before i I joined um you know my publishing house as an author and so i i didn't even know like the structure of how a book is revised so it's like oh like it's so cool um you get multiple passes you get copy edits like you get a look over formatting um so that was a really welcome surprise i think also i learned uh just not to panic over like that messy (laughs) uh first draft or second draft because everything will eventually come together i remember Mm. i was so nervous because i think it was um toward the end of the process and i found like a few typos i was like Oh my goodness, this is the worst <laughs> thing that ever happened to me. But it was fine. We sorted it out and we fixed it. Um, so like not to panic, just breathe and it will it will be corrected eventually. I think that's yeah. The- and it's you know it's not you shouldn't feel as so so panicked if like every if like it went through cer- several rounds and multiple people also yeah. lost it. So <laughs> at least it wasn't just you. I mean, yeah. you wrote a whole book. There's going to be typos. Like, yeah. you're focusing on the the meat and potatoes, you know? Like, not... Yeah. The, and that, like, kind of how you said, like, the revisions come later. And mm-hmm. um, were there any parts, like, in that process where the editors or whoever the, the revisers had to kind of say, hey, um, you know, you should cut this part out or stuff like that, that you maybe stuff stuff that you want had to change just for the, the greater good that you didn't... Yeah. Maybe you were kind of didn't want to 
gosh, that's that's going back a while. So I kind of have to think. <laughs> um, I remember like the original draft that I submitted. Um, the beginning, it didn't start where it starts. So all of that was cut because, I mean, essentially nothing was really happening until we got to this chapter. But there was a well, character- yeah, they we the readers they get yeah they jump right into the story. That was probably one of my favorite aspects yeah, of the story was, was that was the readers just like oh okay <laughs> yeah it was definitely a change for the better um but there was one character that was kind of introduced in the beginning um and that was their only appearance in the book just that little part in the first chapter and she's one of my favorites oh um, obviously she was cut as well but she will be in the sequel which i'm very excited about because i adore her and i can't wait for the world to meet her like i want to say she's even sassier than lena <laughs> i know concerning <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure she has good reason you know <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> that's exciting yeah it's almost like no that's i'm happy for you and excited that you got the trilogy locked in because that gives you mm-hmm. opportunity to to build upon all the original story and to add those little things that you know obviously it fits into your story somewhere and you just got to find the better place for it. And yeah. yeah cause, cause there's so much world building. Cause it's like a fantasy and then it's mm-hmm. Korean mythology based and it's like Pied Piper retelling with a little bit of romance. And, mm-hmm. and so yeah. it's, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it, you got to keep track of everything <laughs> yeah. and you have to, you know, and you have to make sure that the reader, there's not too much for the reader to follow along with too. Cause I feel like, I don't know, the book has like, too many characters it's it it can kind of like take away from yeah like, the main the main traction you know yeah and and the fact that you've got more space to fit more of these like personalities that's like super fun that's awesome yeah, i gotta add in some really lovely scenes with Rui and lena that weren't in the original draft okay I think an example um without giving too much away um but the flower picking scene that was added oh later and that's like one of my favorite scenes i would have been able to add that if we hadn't taken out you know some of the okay so yeah so yeah yeah, it was worth it for the most part and i i like that scene too because it showed definitely like a more vulnerable side where of Rui, where he was getting a little bit softer and he was showing more of his like you know he, he was turning it on a little bit more but he was he was genuine about it and of course lena was like yeah she's like i don't want your flowers yeah she was like super cynical understandably she was like what's your game here like other than you know the fact that i have to kill you and unless you're (laughs) gonna kill me like it's yeah yeah no that was a super sweet and um i liked i you know i liked them both i like really i liked you know even even from like i don't think even this was it wasn't given away in the plot like summary Mm -hmm. Um, but I think a lot of the interactions between them, I could tell that, you know, not as all as it seems with him. Yeah. Like he's not, he's, he's not, he doesn't, he didn't seem that horrible off the bat. I know. <laughs> you know, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that, I don't know, I guess if you consider that he's lived for a few centuries you can kind of yeah. let some things slide right <laughs> yeah he's just over it he's over it he's like mm-hmm. i don't even i'm not even worried about this i don't even care <laughs> he's tired yeah <laughs> <laughs> and he's bored i think that's where like most of the trouble happens is just like he's just so bored at yeah. his court that he's like let me devise this little game 
Um, but it's not very fun for Lena. So no. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cause she's on her toes. Like she's, she's on edge like the entire time, even when she's like, Oh, this bed is wonderful, but I, I don't know. Yeah. I shouldn't try to, <laughs> or even like with the food and, um, you know, and you really captured like the reality of her being malnourished and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. getting not introduced, you know, it's just like exposed to, to a full meal and yeah. it's like, her you know at first her system can't handle it and it's i think like the little details like that really like captured Mm -hmm. the reality of like what she's had to endure and she does it because she has no choice you know and Mm -hmm. it's tricky it's so tricky because she can't she can't get out of it and there's no way and even if she tried to like to you know kill her boss or whatever it is no no smooth way to go about it (laughs) she just has to tricky situation for sure yeah kind of going off of her personality so (laughs) one thing i found interesting i don't think i've encountered a protagonist with like an addiction like because she's she seems kind of self-aware about her addiction to like what's the equivalent of like nicotine you know the cigarettes um and she's like kind of aware of it, but she doesn't want to like admit it or she doesn't care. And mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting how that was like, you made that such a big part of like her habits and her like internal struggle. Cause she's like got this last cigarette and her lighter mm-hmm. and, but she's holding on to it until she like yeah. really needs it. And it's like, at first I thought maybe it was just like a symbolic thing. Mm-hmm. And then when we continue through the story, Rui kind of brings it to her attention like oh no I've seen that look before and I figured it was just her rage of like you're taking the last thing I have left of the part of my life that I you know the last time I remember like I belonged to something or like I had a a team behind me and then um that was supposed to be like her moment you know where like a a private moment for her and then of course shadow plum blossom licorice monster comes in and is like (laughs) and i was like hey what are you doing what is that Mm -hmm. no i'm gonna take this and then she just goes crazy because she's like no like absolutely not like give that back to me and then Mm -hmm. then it kind of turned into like no you're like you have an addiction and so kind of like what you know when you were kind of like building up her character i think i just thought that was interesting because i don't think i've Mm -hmm. ever encountered a main character that had like an other than like a maybe borderline alcoholism and another Mm -hmm. character but like that had like a straight up like addiction or borderline addiction so how how was that for you like you know what was your reasoning for like kind of integrating that and and how did that you know kind of build up how you were developing her yeah well I think like what you said like you've never really read a book where like the main character really does struggle with something like addiction and I think you know there's this really concerning stigma around the topic of addiction um and i think that it just it needs to be talked about more and so when i was creating lena i didn't really i mean i honestly didn't really go into it thinking like i i need her to have an addiction it's just (laughs) what happened to her as a character um but once i realized that i was like okay like i could you know i i want to do something with this i want to you know, have visibility and and create a space for people to talk about it, maybe through the lens of a YA fantasy book. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for her, you know, it's, it's more than just like, oh, I like the rush. And I think that's the case with a lot of people. It's emotional and it's physical and there's a lot going on there. And I think 
um, what's really sad is that, you know, the position she's in, it doesn't give her the opportunity to seek help. And she's really alone. And, you know, it's it's sad. It's really sad. Yeah. But, you know, she does eventually when she realizes it, um, she does try her best, you know, to 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 stop. But obviously, it's, it's going to be a, a very long process. Like her process of trying to stop smoking is not you know done in the first book it's going to go for yeah all three books it's a it's a constant thing and i just wanted to create a space where people could look at this character like this really badass character who's super cool and you know really sassy and has all these other characteristics and also you know happens to have an addiction mm-hmm. and just sort of opening that up for discussion because i think i really just think it needs to be talked about more um, especially like with teens who might be going through that, but feel really like ashamed. Like I can't talk to anybody, like anybody about this. And it, you know, it's just one book, but I, I thought that was important. No, it was. I mean, it, for me at least, I read like a lot of these books and interview authors about their characters, and I just that was just something I noticed because it was very much like a part of who she is, and yeah. it's. I wouldn't say she has an excuse. There's just like an explanation for yeah. that craving and for that need. Cause I, I can totally sympathize with that. Cause it's like when you just like, you just have that craving for something yeah. and you know that it's, it's not healthy or it's not, you know, recommended. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, but even though it's like, okay, everything in moderation is, it's like, fine but yeah obviously it's not necessarily she's not taking it to moderation she is um you know very attached to that habit and um and especially that's interesting that you kind of tie yeah you make this the the book that's intended for ya audiences and you have the the main character with struggling with something that people in this age range it's it's, it's, they're just not exposed to as their main character because it's like you know it's kind of taboo and it's like oh no maybe they there maybe people that age aren't aren't dealing with it, but teenagers certainly are yeah. dealing with those kinds of like substances and attachment to those substances. And you know they're young and invincible. And I agree with you; it's important to to touch on it. It's important to because you know how you mentioned before, Lena. Yeah, she's a badass. She's got a uh, she's trained to kill, and she's she's the Reaper of Sunpo, and then she's got mm-hmm. a tragic backstory. But it's important not only to make her multidimensional, but also to like give her, even though it seems like she's got enough to struggle with, it's like, <laughs> you know, I think that's a different kind of struggle for sure. And yeah. I thought it was so interesting. And, um, you know, it adds another layer, not only to her, but also to Rui's interactions with her mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and I love her response to his, to his concern. Cause she's like, what, like, why do you yeah. care? Like you, you're going to kill me if I fail at this. Like, why do you care yeah. if my lungs are charred? Like what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so jumping off of the YA talk, what draws you to yeah. YA? Like, did you know that you wanted to write for YA? Did you kind of start off with the idea and then you were like, oh no, this is good for YA versus adult? versus middle grade stuff like that how did you know kind of what draws you to that genre or that audience um, well I certainly just can't imagine this as a middle grade book yeah. so, <laughs> um, <laughs> that would be not good um, <laughs> but I think you know I was writing this at a point where I was just so in love with young adult books and I still am like that 
um genre is really like my safe space like it's so dear to me just kind of like a home and um so I started writing my debut it was just for me it was always going to be young adult mm. um, and I'm writing adult now um The God and the Kumiho is my adult debut and it's coming out in 2024 from Dowry Books but for Last of the Talons you know, young adult just seemed like the the perfect home for it. And I think too, it was also, I just really wanted to see more girls who looked like me in the YA section. And um, that's also what drew me to it. Yeah, I like that too. I really like it. It reminds me of um, the whole last of the talents and, and, and Lena reminds me of, um, I don't know if you've heard of, God, the first book is Gear Breakers. The sequel is God Slayers by Zoe Hanna Makuda. She's half mm-hmm. Korean, but it's basically mm-hmm. like about, you know, it's, it's like very Pacific Rim adjacent or it's Mecca. like, yeah, 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 like all those big machines and there's operators and the like people who yeah. are especially in. And, you know, there's the rebellion who is like against the regime that controls. And, mm-hmm. um, it just reminded me of it because their main characters are also badass, like Lena. Um, yeah. they are, you know, and, and they have, they're skilled, they're trained to an extent and they've got their ragtag group of people behind their back. It, yeah, I just, I, cause I was trying to think of like, cause Lena, I, I really like her, but I was like, oh, who does she remind me of? But it did remind me of a couple characters from that. So I, mm-hmm. I definitely recommend. And she, um, Zoe was like 19 when she signed the book deal. So I feel like it's mm-hmm. <clears throat> really similar to your experience too. So I, um, I agree. Representation is like, there's so many stories to tell. I don't, I'm going to be cliche about this, but diversity, inclusion, I'm, very much an advocate for it and yeah. the li- life would be so boring if only one group of people like produced all the art in the world yeah and, you know and and it's so important for like the younger generations to walk into a bookstore walk into a library to see themselves on the cover or see something that draws them in like i think the cover for last of the Ta- last of the talents is very cool um how did you know and i can imagine like a little little Asian girl walking up. It's like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> you know, just like, what's that? Like, you know, so how did the, how did the cover go? Um, did you have like a vision board or were you just kind of presented with a, with, with the cover and they were like, this is what it's going to be. And you're like, okay, this is cool. This is great. Sounds good. Like, how did that go for you? Cause I, I love the cover. I can't wait to see the rest of the other two. Yeah. I'm really excited about the cover for book two, but I have a funny story about this because when I first found out that my publisher had gotten Ashley McKenzie um, for the cover, she did Iron Widow, and um, I believe it's called Gabrielle and Tercial. It's a Garth Nix book. Both covers are beautiful. Mm. Um, when they told me that, I had just gotten my wisdom teeth out, and I got the email, <laughs> and I had like a bunch of. So were you were like numb, like swollen cheeks, yeah. or like maybe still a little bit drugged up, like <laughs> yeah, just completely out of it. Oh. Um, for some reason, I was on my computer. Um, instead, like, <laughs> Who let you go to your computer? <laughs> yeah, I just cannot. I was, um, I saw the email. I was like, oh my goodness. Am I like, is this like, yeah. you know, a, um, a drug-induced like hallucination yeah. from gang? Like, wait, is this real? Is this real? Like- <laughs> and I ended up like texting <laughs> my literary agent. And I forget what I said because it made no sense. Um, And I think the gist of it was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Can you reply? Because I'm just so out of it. 
<laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I said. I just remember that she thought it was whatever I said was really funny. I wish I could find it, but it's probably so far back. Oh. Um, but that's how I found out. Um, and it was just like, I am so I funny. Honest, I know. So did you like, did, I hope you were like more sober ish or, or more like, you know, toned down when you reread it and you were like able to absorb like how awesome it was. I, I think I, I honestly think that I just sat there like rereading <laughs> it for a while. Um, I was in a rough, a rough spot. Yeah, I no, I, I know pulled from my mouth and for days I could only eat like <laughs> mashed potatoes yep. and pudding and that's it and then you know when I saw this final cover I was just in shock because I never imagined it would be like this like I knew it was going to be good but I this is something else and yeah. I was so just excited because it's beautiful and it is and it's eye-catching as vibrant and it's so funny because like the green scales and stuff because you like when we something we learn about lena is that she's like terrified of snakes and serpent Mm -hmm. serpent like things and then you you kind of like you're reminded of the cover and you're like Mm -hmm. well why does she what yeah, What's you're going like, on? why does she look comfortable with that thing around her? <laughs> well, you can tell that something's coming. Yeah. Um, which I, yeah. Love. I love that it also like the cover is a like a wraparound cover. I'm just obsessed with it. Yeah. Um, I know that's cool. awesome. I love it. And I yeah, I it's and that's stuff like that. Um I definitely think the cover is gonna when you see it in the wild, like on the bookshelves, okay. it's gonna it's gonna catch people's eyes for sure. Yeah. Um like I was at um, a book Barnes and Noble earlier today, and I saw a couple of books that I recently reviewed and interviewed the authors for, and it was really cool. When I saw it, I was like, "Oh!" <laughs> yeah. But it was just like their covers that like are just so vibrant and beautiful that are easy to like it catches the eye, and especially with YA, I think YA is is pretty popular no matter. Um, even if you're an adult like me, like I'm in my mid thirties, I still go, I still gush over YA. I gush over the mm-hmm. pining. I gush over, you know, the, the romance, the tropes, like as long as it's engaging and the characters, like, you know, um, there's character development and the world build, the world building solid. I feel like, um, you know, any age above the appropriate age, yeah. it's like, will will do well yeah no it's so funny how you mentioned about your wisdom teeth because i remember when i got mine taken and it was like <clears throat> i got them all taken out at the same time because they were like well it's did you you too you got all four yeah and it was just horrible i was so i acted so like weirdly in the in the operation room I well it's just- like yeah, it's like coming too because you don't i went under i opted for going under and then when i woke up it's like when you're coming too you're just like my brain was working yeah. normal but the, the words trying to make the words come out of my mouth was just not there was just no connection there yeah. <laughs> and then i remember my my dad um because i was like uh 17 at the time i remember my mm-hmm. dad he came he was the one who drive me there drive me back home and he got me a milkshake um afterwards and i was like when i got home and i was like i was back to normal and i was yeah. like but everything was so swollen so i couldn't feel anything and there's like a dribble of milkshake down my chin no. <laughs> and my dad just like let me finish my sentence and he was like hey meg by the way you got like milkshake all over your face like dribbling i was like dad like what 
<laughs> and so I, that is something that is just like very stuff. It was just, I think almost anybody can relate other than like the very few people who like can live with their wisdom teeth. I don't know. Like everybody's experience is just as silly, just as weird and strange. And I love that your experience aligned with this whole other like really important experience for you. Yeah, it was a, a memorable day for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's so funny. Um, <laughs> So this is like another two. So this is a two part question. Um, yes. What were the most challenging parts to write? And then what were like the most fun or enjoyable parts to write? Well, I think the most challenging part to write was that like final flashback scene. Um, it's essentially revealing how the talents died and, you know, why Lena feels so much guilt and grief over that occurrence. Um but it's also just really emotionally charged. And, you know, you have like a series of like mini flashbacks leading up to that large one. Um, so it was sort of like just a sucker punch to the gut to write that that final scene yeah. and that explanation. Um, because it it's really like the root of a lot of things that Lena deals with. And, you know, they're they're constantly, you know, her gang the members they're constantly sort of on her mind mm-hmm. and she misses them she just misses them so much yeah um, it was really sad to write um but the most enjoyable part on a lighter note probably just anything with lena and Rui because they hate each other but they love each other <laughs> but they hate each other so much and so writing them was so fun because like you never know what's going to happen they could kiss or she could literally like stab yeah. them apart um so those I love the ballroom scene was a lot of fun. I love mm. a good ballroom scene. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, anything where she was, people. she had to like dress up and put yeah. put on her her game face slash seduction yeah. face, <laughs> and call him a really bad name in front of yeah, people, yeah, was, and then yeah. <laughs> well, because she's so used to like freely saying things, and then. And then it was almost like a rude awakening for her. She was like, oh, shit. Like, she turned around and was like, okay, I did this in front of, like, his court, like, his people. And I I like that scene, too, because she she found the upper hand. I wouldn't say she had the upper hand. She found the upper hand because she was like, it's her strategy, right? She's got to figure out how she's going to win. And then the flashback, she kind of recalls on her skills or her interactions with her gang, like, with the twins, they had their own part to play and she was like, Oh, I remember, you know, like, yeah. or, and, and then I love, you know, go ranting off about her again. I'm ranting, raving off about her. Yeah. <laughs> she, you know, and she was like, she's got these insecurities and yeah. she was like, you know, she touches upon that, which makes her even more relatable. Cause even it's like, I'm yeah. sure anybody would see her in person and be like, Oh my, Oh, she's an attractive woman. And she's a badass. Like, what could she yeah. be insecure about? But it's, it just shows you like that's something that she wishes she had and she doesn't but like i it's probably an advantage for her that she superficially like beautiful or super or she doesn't think she is she doesn't think she's beautiful she doesn't think she's attractive or magnetic but obviously Mm -hmm. she is for some people you know and Mm -hmm. um she i thought it was so cool and interesting how she didn't really she hasn't had to use that tactic and then she had to like draw upon her 
what her memories and that was all yeah and it just like shows how much she misses them and how much she learned from them how important they were to her and um yeah with that final scene i was like i was like okay we're getting <laughs> we're getting yeah. it we're getting it we're finally learning and then it's just ooh, did we sad learn? yeah it was just like ooh, like yeah all right (laughs) it was almost like yes we wanted it but we didn't want it but we wanted it (laughs) yeah and i was like i knew you know obviously writing it i was like they were dead from the first page but i was writing them not you know in that order i was i was writing the book chronologically so Mm -hmm. um, as i started writing them in those flashbacks i was like oh this hurts because they're dead but i love them like especially saying yeah yeah and it and it was sad because it was just like she went through her whole for the longest time she just thought that he regretted their like their experiences with each other like and even the times that she tried to reach out to him like to try to reconnect with him and he was still keeping his distance or putting that like wall up and i just felt for her yeah and i was just like it because it hurts like unreciprocated mm-hmm. feelings love it hurts it's like one of the most heart-wrenching things and uh <laughs> nothing was off limits for her pain. <laughs> i should send out like packs of tissues with the books just in case anyone needs it i feel like and, and like the um what is it they call like the uh the, the little boxes that they have with the books like <laughs> the little, little care packages i just remember getting sucked in and then i was like and then just like every little tidbit like where she remembers um interactions with him and it's like obviously it still means a lot to her even though technically it doesn't matter anymore you know it's like Mm -hmm. but it's still painful because those are her people and yeah yeah but she gets Um, her closure which i think is so important and i also loved writing that scene i didn't mention that but the scene where she gets you know a little bit of closure it felt really good and like stress relieving to write that for her yeah i bet because as a reader it was too because i was like yeah it was like cathartic and i can imagine that it was like the same for you to finally just to get it out and be like no it's okay like (laughs) that part it wasn't all in her head like it was yeah (laughs) you know um so just a couple more questions before we wrap up here so okay um what advice would you give to lena what advice would you give to rui i feel like honestly if they lived in our world i would suggest that both of them go to therapy individual (laughs) therapy couples (laughs) therapy just all the therapies Um, Because as characters, they have just a lot of trauma and they haven't been able to deal with that in a way that's healthy um, because they don't have, you know, or they don't have, they literally don't have healthcare, essentially. And so if they lived in our world, I would send both of them to therapy. But I think on a less serious note, I would tell Lena, okay, first of all, like stop killing people. Um, but also, like, stop stealing sugar rolls from the bakery, like the <laughs> small businesses. <laughs> and then for Rui, I would tell him, like, if you like a girl, just tell her. Don't ask her to kill you because that's just a little bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is not the way to her heart. <laughs> it's really not. <laughs> 
<laughs> he should know better. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. No, that's a way you mentioned like, though, they should go, you know, get professional help. It's like, oh, what, what's the, uh, what's like the public health policy in Sunpo or <laughs> to um, <be> like, <laughs> there isn't one. Yeah. One by <laughs> terrible people. You know, maybe in the other kingdoms, there's there's healthcare, but Sunpo, it's like if you get stabbed, walk it off. Yeah. Like just, just leave. Either you know, walk it off or you die. Survival yeah. of the fittest. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> One last mouth to feed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, so, what can without you know, obviously without uh, spoilers, what can we look forward to in the next book? Or you can look forward to a book that's gritty dark and pretty fast paced there's a lot of development between lena and Rui, and their relationship definitely changes in more ways than one which i'm Mm. very excited about um the next book is also bringing in a lot of new and old villains something that i just can't wait to happen because there are a couple that deserve a comeuppance um and like i mentioned earlier one of my favorite characters who got cut from the first book has um i want to say like a pretty big role in the second book and she is she's a queen we love her um but there's also tragedy and a significant mm. betrayal um lena has always been very morally gray and that mm-hmm. really shines through in the next installment and i'm very excited about it i'm excited too and i i love the idea of the characters that you were attached to that you had to let go but you're able to fit in to the next one and then i love that you describe elena very accurately as like yeah she's morally gray and we're gonna really see that like i at this point i feel like i just i i like her so much that i'm like no it's okay i get it girl like i get it you do (laughs) we can justify her but no she makes some some crazy decisions like questionable choices yeah Yeah, she's but yeah. But you I'm know, I'm gonna say something. <laughs> it's okay. I'll edit it no. out. If anything spills out, I'll edit it out. Um, I had to like write down what to say beforehand so I didn't like go off on a tangent and just tell you everything. No, I yeah. this is totally casual. If you couldn't tell, yeah. like, I you know, it's it's a cantina conversation, it's a conversation, mm-hmm. and we will, yeah. you know, we'll tread lightly where necessary. So don't worry <laughs> about it. Um, Sophie Kim, Last of the Talons comes out September 27th. You did wonderful. This was so enjoyable. I really enjoyed diving a little bit deeper and getting to know. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a stand for Lena, no matter what. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and I'm not. We're gonna we're gonna ship who we ship, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, you wrote um, you know, for your debut novel, I'm really excited for you. This is this is really good and I'm glad that you stuck with it and that you put it out into the world because this it's not only important for representation, but you know, just the fantasy and the world building, it's very um engaging story and I really enjoyed it. So I, I love diving a little bit deeper uh with you. Well, thank you so much and thank you so much for having having me this was amazing and so fun yeah so um real quick do you you want to plug like your website and social media oh yes don't mind if i do um (laughs) you can find me um at sophie kim writes on instagram and twitter although i'm not really active on twitter anymore um i also have a website www.sophiekimwrites.com 
Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Yep. All right. We got Sophie Kim. I'm going to be looking forward to the adult novel that you got coming out in a couple of years yeah. and also the sequel to Last of the Talons. So thank you. <laughs> very excited. Thank you so much. Thank you. And that was Sophie Kim talking about Last of the Talons. That's going to be out on September 27th. As always, you can check out the show notes to see where she is on social media, her website, and a link to purchase the book. Um, as always, rate, review, subscribe. You can follow the Nerd Cantina and Cantina Book Club on Twitter and Instagram to stay up to date on the latest book reviews and author interviews. Um, always check out my book reviews on thenerdcantina.com and feel free to reach out if you ever want any book, re- uh, book recommendations. Um, you know, as always, thank you so much for listening. <laughs>